0: It's a pleasure to have the one and only Jojo Worthington here on The Antidote. Jojo, thanks so much for coming for a talk.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me, Dave.
0: I have to say, I wasn't exaggerating when I said about you being the one and only. <laughs> Seriously, I'd call your style unique.
1: Mm.
0: But you have to tell us, does that make it easy for you to stand out from the crowd?
1: Oh, thank you. Um... I don't know Uh, how to answer that, honestly. I am inspired by so many different kinds of music, and one time I got a a music award for being the most eccentric. It was like the the most eccentric music.
0: (laughs) Is that a polite way of saying strange?
1: (laughs) I was like, (laughs) I don't know, (laughs) but I'll take it, you know? Um, But I write like from being inspired and uh that's kind of what happens so but i don't think i am the one and only jojo worthington i think there actually is another person out there at least i saw on tiktok that somebody else is named jojo worthington um happy to be the one and only jojo worthington here right now
0: you know before we get too deep into this maybe you can tell us how and when did Jojo Worthington first get into making music?
1: hmm I always loved music, like from a very young age, and my parents put me in music lessons. I think I started violin lessons when I was four years old. So music has just always been a part of my life. I didn't really start writing music until I was about 13 or 14. And I remember I would write little songs, like write down the lyrics and like have a little melody in my head. Mm -hmm. But I remember like thinking about the arrangement in my head and like how the instruments would play and the backing track to the song, but I had no idea how to make that happen. And then when I was 14, my older brother bought me an acoustic guitar and I just started writing songs like that. Yeah, that's kind of how I got into it.
0: Well, the earliest of your releases that I could find Mm -hmm. is the Sunni EP from 2012.
1: (laughs) Yes, yeah.
0: The song Amadeus, to me, Mm -hmm. was the standout track. Mm -hmm. It's about a rocky relationship. (laughs) But I figured this out, and you were just 18 when that came out. Mm -hmm. So at that point, did you have much experience with that kind of situation? (laughs) No.
1: No, I was actually 16 when I wrote that song, um, like obviously is about like a boy that I liked and we were in a relationship in high school, uh, but yeah, <laughs> just went a little overboard with the lyrics and I remember that was the first song I ever wrote with uh, the ukulele. That one just came at like three in the morning in one hour, I think it happened very quickly that was like divine intervention because I don't know how that happened, really. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) You mentioned the ukulele. Now, Mm -hmm. I've heard a lot of artists use a ukulele, but the difference is is that with you, you play it like a master. So, you've always wanted to use that?
1: No, I I actually started writing songs with guitar. um, And then in high school, yeah, Like everyone was into ukulele and like, you know, being like Pixie Dream Girl from like Zoe Deschanel kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think I got into it because of that. And then I was like, oh, I actually like I'm feeling very inspired by this little instrument. And I felt like it suited me better being small and me also being small. Yeah, I just kind of went with it. And I've been playing it for quite a long time now, but I'm considering going back to the guitar and I I think this summer I'm going to start like relearning and maybe incorporating it into my live set.
0: Being small is a relative term. (laughs) (laughs) You got to give us the truth. How tall are you?
1: I'm five foot one and a half. So and the half, you know, it makes a difference. Well, yeah. I
0: did have one artist on who was four foot ten, so you're okay. well beyond that.
1: Wow.
0: <laughs> you know, the Seven album gives a great example of your ukulele playing on the Pool of Bethesda. Hmm. I find it interesting. A line from the song says, This dysfunction leads me to one place, back in your arms, where I belong, in that perfect place. So, it's obvious that your Christian faith comes up in your music, Mm
1: -hmm. but
0: would you consider it to be a key part of it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I do. You know, I think about that verse in Colossians whatever you do, do it for the glory of God. That verse has always really stuck with me and something I've always wanted to make sure is very foundational, I guess, in my career. Because I wouldn't be where I am today or even be being interviewed by you today if it wasn't for what God has done in my life. And I'm very inspired by the Bible and my relationship with God. So, yeah, my spirituality just kind of flows out when I write music because I write about the things that are important to me. Yeah, I I like to write about spiritual warfare because... I know that being a Christian is not always a happy, good time. Yeah, there's a lot of like complications and and yeah, spiritual warfare and like confusion that is always going on in in my head and in my heart. So, yeah, I, I like to write about that.
0: You mentioned about Colossians inspiring you. Mm-hmm. Well, the one thing is is that each of your releases carry a tag in the credits. And it says, "Thank you, Creator."
1: Mm-hmm. Habakkuk
0: three seventeen to nineteen. Yeah. Why choose that verse in particular? I guess what I'm asking is, how does it speak to you?
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's always been a very important scripture for me. I've like always had dreams of being in music and having like a successful financially viable career in music. Isn't
0: that a fantasy world? (laughs)
1: Yeah. (laughs) It is a little bit, yeah. At this point, I'm not sure, like, yeah, (laughs) with Spotify and just the way the world is, you know, going. But, um, yeah, that verse, it doesn't start out very hopeful. Um, But to me, it is hopeful because it's like, even though all of these things are happening and things aren't perfect, And there's a lot of emptiness inside. I know that the promises of God are true. And I know that he's going to take care of me. And I know that, yeah, I have nothing to worry about when he's on my side. So those verses give me a lot of hope to keep going and to keep pursuing this career and keep pursuing God, essentially, as well.
0: It's nice that you're honest about your faith that way, Mm -hmm. because I do have some artists on who everything is bright and sunshiny, and they don't (laughs) acknowledge that they have some tough days and hard times.
1: Hmm. Yeah, that's cool if it is like that for them for real. (laughs) Uh, It hasn't been the case for me. You know, everyone's a little different, so I don't know. Yeah, I have a lot of hard days, for sure. And I think if any Christian ever tells you they don't have a hard day, they're not being very honest. Some people's faith is like just unmovable, I guess, though. So
0: Maybe they're living in a concrete bunker.
1: Maybe. <laughs> I heard
0: that it wasn't too long ago that you took a plunge by leaving Kitchener-Waterloo to move to Montreal. Yeah. Was that a life changer for you?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, Yeah, I was actually living in Banff before the pandemic.
0: Weren't you spoiled?
1: Yeah, (laughs) it was very beautiful and amazing. And I was there for school. You know, I was kind of like on a a stipend program Mm -hmm. with the school. Yeah, so I was there for school, but then the pandemic kind of cut my program in half and uh, we were all kind of forced to leave very quickly. I had moved my entire life there to Banff. I I didn't really wasn't thinking about, you know, where I was gonna go next. And the pandemic kind of made me think about that very quickly. And, yeah, I've always wanted to move to Montreal and see what it was like here. It's like the music mecca of Canada, so I just kind of went for it to to see what it would be like and it's been really amazing and I'm really thankful for the city and I'm yeah I really like it I'm really enjoying it here so far.
0: What a drastic Mm -hmm. change (laughs)
1: Mm -hmm.
0: (laughs) moving from Banff probably the prettiest spot on the entire planet yeah (laughs) in a small area set in the middle of the mountains and the forest and the wildlife and you move to metropolitan Montreal
1: Yeah. It was a big change cuz actually was living right downtown when I first came here and not a ray of sunshine came through my window and it was just like couldn't even see the sky like no trees just a cement wall like right out the window from another building and it was like really hard <laughs> to go from Banff where like you just wake up to look at mountains and there's elk grazing outside your window to uh, yeah, a concrete jungle, but I got through it, and I got a new place that has some trees now, so it's not as bad.
0: <laughs> You're speaking about your faith, mm-hmm. and I do find it interesting, JoJo, that you bring different views to stories or beliefs that Christians are generally familiar with, mm-hmm. like on the Two Lines EP when the song Alien says three and one alien. Sent from the mountaintop, sent from the mountaintop we're waiting for, settling scores with fistfuls of nothing. Raise your hands for the plants that nursed us long ago. Here he comes from the sun down to the valley. What were you thinking?
1: (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I was thinking a lot about the story of the Old Testament when I wrote that thinking about how holy God is in the traditional sense of the word as like set apart, and being so different from humankind, being an alien almost. I like thinking about God that way. I mean, Jesus was a hundred percent man as well and like endured every temptation that humans have ever known. but thinking about God as an alien, uh this is some theologians gonna listen to this and be like, "Oh my gosh, what, <laughs> what is she talking about? Um, but just in that song, like thinking how like important relationship with humans are to God, and that he was willing to come down to humble himself as a servant, come down to the valley just to know us. So yeah, that's what I was thinking about. And yeah, again, thinking about the story of the Old Testament and all the ways that God adapted to human behavior in order to get to know us more and like getting to know them this way didn't work. Maybe I'll send a prophet instead and like kind of going back and forth that way. So yeah, and I think I was also sort of thinking about post apocalyptic sorry my words are it's really hard to speak <laughs> today um but world and uh how like machines and electronics have really taken over our lives and how it also affects our spirituality being so engulfed in technology so i was thinking about that as well It's not really, like, a story. I guess, like, that song is more about a bunch of thoughts and, like, a vision that I I sort of had at one point.
0: Excellent. You know something I find hilarious about you, Jojo, is that you choose the most unusual titles for your releases. (laughs) Like, simply calling one the number seven, Mm -hmm. and then two lines is actually just two backslashes. Yeah. (laughs) And then you brought out T-C-Y-K. So, like, are you having fun just dreaming up album titles? (laughs) Uh,
1: Yeah. I'm not trying to be, like, a quirky, like, unique person by doing that. I just thought those would be cool names to try out, and, like, I was really inspired by, I guess, the way it would look on an album, to call it that. Um, I have a hard time, like, choosing titles i guess for songs and uh so i I just kind of go with like we'll just go with like usually a lyric from the song or something like that unless i want some other meaning to come across i chose seven because it's the number of completion i get it and it's used so much in the bible so i did choose that number just because of that and because that whole album is kind of just like a journey of my spirituality at that point in my life. And then two lines was all about relationships and how we are kind of running parallel to people in our lives. And sometimes we won't intersect with those people just about like, I guess how like my life is so similar and different from your life, for example, Mm -hmm. um, And our paths have crossed for this interview, which is lovely. And then we will both go on with our lives and maybe meet again in the future, but just how connections and relationships influence our lives. Yeah, I forget where the two dashes came from. I think I was signed to a label when I released that and I think that was partially their idea because I was going to call it two lines based on the song, two lines in the album. But I have been asked before if that was like a cocaine reference.
0: <laughs> oh, I never thought about that.
1: <laughs> I know, I didn't think about it either. Uh, but I was like, no, not at all. So far from that, actually. <laughs> yeah. And then The Company You Keep was based on something my friend Janessa had been talking to me about you know kind of going back about the theme of relationships and bringing that theme back and how the people we surround ourselves like deeply influence us and in what we think in our worldview and political identity and and so on and, and so forth and the abbreviation for it I think I was really inspired by Tiana Taylor's album, which is Keep That Same Energy, but it's K-T-S-E. So I like that, so I wanted to try it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but actually my distributor didn't let me do it for some reason. So for some things, like some places, it'll be the abbreviation, but on Spotify, I think it's spelt out completely.
0: Well, let's stay with the abbreviation.
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: T.C.Y.K. seems to be the EP that drew the most attention. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love the EP, but you're the creators. so do you have the reason for why it was noticed above the rest?
1: Um, no, I have no, I don't know. <laughs> I think I'm probably the most proud of that album. I think it is a better demonstration of the music that I want to make and make in the future and the direction I was going into. But I don't know why some albums do better than others. Uh, For me, it's kind of just been like a steady, like very, very slow slope, I guess, going upwards, hopefully.
0: I do like what one reviewer said. PCYK is a magnificently textured exploration of Worthington's experience as a woman, navigating tumultuous relationships as orchestral and electronic sounds blend, creating serene walls of sound that complement intimate narratives. That really is a perfect description of your music. Mm. Something else is, I've often seen your songs called Experimental Folk. Do you think that title is accurate?
1: Uh, yes and no. I don't ever really know how to describe my music because it keeps changing because I'm keep getting inspired by different things. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think two lines was definitely like experimental folk. Um, but I don't think I could say the word folk next to TCYK. I would say that's more electronic pop, maybe a little more art rocky. And I think that's more of the direction I'm going into now. But I do write like a lot of songs narratively and like maybe in like a folk structure. I used to like be more folky. So yeah, I don't really know like what is the right way to describe it uh, at this point.
0: Is that always your thought, that your style will continue to evolve?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think so. Like During the pandemic, I was listening to a lot of different music that I I hadn't listened to before. For example, Elliot Smith. I had never really given him a listen before. And suddenly, I was trying to write songs like Elliot Smith, which is where the divide and birthday kind of came from. So, yeah, I think it'll always evolve. As long as music keeps coming out, I think it'll always change a little bit.
0: It's a terrible thing to admit, but you and I both know that our society is still misogynistic. Hmm. Was that the purpose of recording this song, Synchronize?
1: Yes, yeah, totally. Wow, you're picking up on so many good things that people never ask me (laughs) that's very refreshing um yeah that song is about misogyny for sure and being a woman who like uses a lot of electronics and you know guitar pedals and stuff i i got a lot of comments from men and from like sound guys that did my my live shows and A lot of them assume that I don't know what I'm doing. And some have even said, you don't know what you're doing to me. Oh, no. Yeah. And, you know, the whole theme about the company you keep is, like, relationships. But I was thinking about, like, yeah, my experience as a woman and dealing with male relationships that I have in my life. And often we forget that women have created the whole population on Earth you're here today and I'm here today because a woman birthed us, you know, Mm -hmm. and I was thinking a lot about like the womb and how like, it's such a beautiful, safe place. And then once we get out in the world, it suddenly becomes a man's world. Yeah, just the contrast there and losing respect for women and, and mothers and I guess the the feminine influences on our life. Mm-hmm.
0: Well said. <laughs> so here we are. We've worked through a whole decade of music to bring us up to date. So.
1: Wow! Yeah.
0: You've released a pair of songs from your upcoming release, Baptized One. Mm-hmm. Birthday was the first song I ever heard from you. That's what made me get in touch with you. Wow. What about telling us the story behind the song?
1: Yeah. um, I wrote this during the pandemic, and my best friend, who also inspired me with The Company You Keep, she's like my muse, honestly. Uh, She inspires me so much, and she's just going through a hard time. I had moved to Montreal, and uh, she lives in Kitchener, where I'm from, And I missed her a lot and couldn't really be there for her the way I used to be. And I was just thinking about like all the times in high school when we would go through these things and we would just like sit in the car for hours and talk, just thinking about how simple our lives were. And yet at the time, we thought our lives were so complicated. But, you know, when you're older, you look back on those times and think like, oh, we didn't even know anything back then. Mm-hmm. So I was just thinking about those memories and how she had grown up as a a Christian, but it wasn't a very personal relationship knowing God with her. And she had become a Christian recently, like before I wrote the song. And just thinking about how, like you know, all those times when we were in distress and all those times throughout high school and her whole life, like the Holy spirit was always there guiding her. And because I can say the same for my life too, like there's so many times in my life where I can see how God was guiding me through those times and how beautiful that is, that all those bad things that happened to me have led me here. And, I'm very thankful for that. That God uses bad things to give us, you know, beauty in our lives.
0: You've spoken a couple times about some of the darkness that you find in your spiritual life. Mm-hmm. So I want to close up our talk with a song that's probably the darkest one I've heard from you. Mm. A verse of the Divide says, "And now death walks in, lets himself into the house, sits down." And you think that you're infinity till he draws his knife, and you draw your heart to his submission and crawl into the lion's mouth. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from?
1: <laughs> yeah, it does sound very dark. <laughs> um, that came from frustration over COVID, just I guess with the frustration I felt hearing about anti maskers and people who. Just didn't have like any respect for others during the pandemic. Uh, It also came just from a a story I had heard in Toronto. A guy was like speeding like an insane amount and had, you know, accidentally killed two people. Just like the ignorance you have and thinking that like you're untouchable because you think it's all about you and it's all about how you feel. That's just not true. Like, your actions deeply influence and affect others. So, just about that, and also kind of in reflection of my own actions and what I do to affect others positively and negatively. Yeah, I was kind of thinking about death in the sense of like evil and, you know, Satan and how one thinks, like, I'm untouchable, I'm, you know, and i'm fine like doing this and then you're suddenly not because what you're doing is evil and then you become stuck in something dark and just like you know how a lot of people were very confused over the pandemic on like what to believe and like who to believe and what was right and what was wrong that division really affected me cuz i didn't know either what exactly to believe and and what not so it's all kind of about that but I honestly like it's funny like talking about my lyrics honestly like the words come from god cuz i i don't know all the time like what exactly they mean sometimes i write them like in my subconscious and i don't know what the meaning of the words are until much later in my life I don't really know what I'm doing, I'm just...
0: just (laughs) (laughs) Oh, don't admit that.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I'm just kind of having fun writing music, and sometimes they end up sounding cool together, and sometimes it doesn't, (laughs) so, yeah. (laughs)
0: Okay, so on a happy note, Mm -hmm. give us the important news. When does Baptized One release?
1: Yeah, so I'm gonna release that on July seventh, twenty twenty two, so very soon.
0: Does that mean you'll actually have a live debut show for that? Since we're not in COVID anymore.
1: I will have a live debut show. I'm actually playing Ottawa's Blues Fest that exact day, so that's kind of gonna be my album release. Wow. But I think I will plan like a proper album release later on in the summer.
0: Jojo, I've loved this talk. Thanks so much for coming and sharing about your music.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me, Dave. It's been a pleasure. And thank you for all the great questions. Yeah, I don't get to talk about this stuff very often. So it's very refreshing.